Hello everyone, good afternoon and welcome to a next episode of the Neoliberal Round where we will discuss the idea of God. I'm writing a book on the secrets to unlocking divine intervention and while working on that book project I have come to think and study and arrive at an idea and a position about God. Because in writing this book, I do not want to make it a privilege or exceptional book, a book that says this is the rule of thumb or this only occurs within Christendom. The secret to unlocking divine intervention is not the privileged position of the few. It's not reserved just for people who are Christian or who worship a particular way. But it is a way of understanding how the divine or how God works in in our human affairs or how I have seen him or her work in my life and in the life of others of course i've written a blog that is an excerpt of the book the secrets to unlocking divine intervention and um i share several and reveal several things about that but it is important to to pose it here a theology of god a theology of my faith as i seek to unravel the secret to unlocking the divine intervention. Actually, I was driving recently and I uh, I recorded uh, a theory which had several background interruptions. So I actually had to do it again, but it was beautiful. I will add the background interruption to it, but I will do this live take as well. But I begin the the thought with this with this hypothesis or with this general assumption with this general theory or hypothesis if God is or the divine is the ultimate of all things if God is greater than that than that which nothing greater can be conceived or imagined if God is omnipotent omnipresent and omniscient how is it that we can put limit or limits on him or her so that we can fix God in a mold or mode that confines him or her to our time, space, or quantum physics. If God is unlimited, why 
do we limit him or her to just one thing? That is if we can limit him or her. Because we are limited. We are creatures. But we say that God is not. In fact, God is beyond the word God. God, the three-letter word, God is just human semantics utilized to make sense of the divine. So, how is it that we can just see God as Christian and not anything else? How is it that God is just Hindu or Muslim? In fact, if God is beyond and transcends all, it would seem as if he or she is that and more. Or that is a cultural expression of the way in which the divine reveals himself at some point in time to a particular set of people who have utilized their own contextual experience and culture to interpret and represent that revelation of that God, either as Hindu, Muslim, Christian, or whatever the culture or the context is at that particular time. So that when we see God, God is Christian. Because those who have served or usurped to understand God within a particular culture based on his or her revelation of himself to them have chosen to use Christian lens or whatever the lens is of the dominant position. But why then say your exceptional Why then, sir, your way is exceptional and the only way that leads to the divine? Why universalize your idea of God as the only ideal expression of that God as if to attain a position of privilege? Indeed, that is the franchising of religion. We say God is omnipresent means that he can go anywhere. He can be at all places at all times. Yet we cannot fathom the fact that God at some point in time would show up in to, as Allah or Muhammad. That he would show up as Jesus or Jesus or Elohim. He show up as Jehovah, Yahweh or shows up as a, in various different different peoples in different tongues based on their experiences and they have chosen and created a way to express that revelation or that divine intervention so that we have a multiplicity of expression that people have institutionalized and turned into a doctrinal requirement of law and status. We have institutionalized faith. So there is no personal faith or personal religion. The Bible says work out your own salvation. 
this is great this is great this is great this is this is we will continue to take this up as we delve into the secrets to unlocking divine intervention but what is important here you know i just want to lift up something quickly from i wrote a blog some time ago if i could find it secrets let's find the secrets to unlocking divine intervention ah here it is so i wrote a blog on April 11, 2021, as I, as I continue to research and to develop this next book, this next epic, Secrets to Unlocking Divine Intervention. And so I wrote a brief excerpt and I begin like this. I said, at 9 a.m. one day, I prayed earnestly. God, let them fire me so that I can be freed up to do whatever I've always wanted to do. You see... I had imagined that if I were to quit my job, I would lose needed benefits. So I asked the divine to let my seniors terminate me from my job without having to dumb down my work or sabotage my employers to get terminated as I was profusely opposed to that. I reasoned with God saying, even if that means doing Uber as a side gig so that I can still earn while having lots more, lots, a lot, lot of time to work on my dreams and passions and turn my talents into a worthwhile business. I said to God, if I quit, I may not receive some benefits, but if they fire me, I will. By 9.15 a.m. that same day, 15 minutes after the prayer, I got a call from my senior executive that I was being terminated. And boy, I was happy. <laughs> my life has never been better. For I'm so much closer to realizing my ultimate after years of neglect, working for another and on other people's dreams and visions. I sat and started planning and strategizing and working and today I'm closer, much closer to realizing it and happier. You see, the time you take to work for someone else is a lost time that you could be you could use to you could you could be using to prop up your business unless you can work for someone else while still having time for family, leisure and working on your ultimate career. But I did not have such luxury as my job inundated my life so that very little time was left for anything else. But God intervened upon my request, which has impacted my life positively. More on this later. Now, whenever I use the word God, I am not advocating for one type of divine being over another. That's just semantics. I use the English word God to refer to the divine, which may be Allah, Jehovah, Elohim, Yahweh, Rastafari, etc. Depending on your language, culture, or perception of things. For God or the divine reveals versions of himself or himself in various ways at various times within a limited context of culture that then perceive and interpret God's revelation in the way that God has made it for us to interpret or see him confined by our limitations of time, space and so on and and, and, and the law of thermodynamics. Yet we have used these revelations of God to subscribe to a particular kind of totalitarianism that pretends to be all truth that all must follow and abandon any other calling. If not totalitarianism, we adhere to a strict view of God that facilitates a type of economic competition or race that privileges one's idea 
or interpretation of the revelation of God over others so as to monopolize the selling of one's religion to garner greater market share and power. It is as if we are caught up in a kind of religion or theology of capitalism that celebrates competition and greed over equity and fairness, promoting privilege and a society of class where one religion is better than the other. But the secret to unlocking divine intervention is not the privilege of one faith or using one name over another. The fact of the matter is the divine meets you wherever you are and however you see him or her. Importantly, importantly, however, we see the ultimate. God is and will intervene insofar as we let him or her intervene and insofar as we believe. And what's the greatest miracle and the ultimate of all things and of he or she, of him or her, that made us that we become one and live as one with all of our various individualities and polities. You know? So I will talk about this in the book. I will talk about this in the book. You know, I also wrote another excerpt of the book as we think about the idea of God, we say that God is real in so much as you want him or her to be real. Not that God isn't or is an existential being limited by time or space or human minds, as the divine is than that which nothing greater that can be conceived or imagined. God is and is whether or not or how we believe For if we say a thing does not exist, it does not exist within our abilities to make sense of a thing's reality or essence. For, let me say that again. God is and is whether or not or how we believe. For if we say a thing does not exist, epistemologically speaking, It does not exist within our abilities to make sense of a thing's reality or essence. For reality is within and made evident from one's self. And Descartes did advance. Cohito ego sum. I think therefore I am. For because in his mind nothing else exists. But then the thing that is thinking that nothing exists exists. So then we are left with something that is personal and that is powerful, that one you cannot deny. Certainly, your faith will take you as far as the extent of your faith. The fact is, God is, but is everything and more. As As I write the book, The Secrets to Unlocking Divine Intervention, I say, certainly, your faith will take you in as far as the extent of your faith. God is the ultimate. And yet, Christian, Jew, Hindu, Muslim, Darwinist, Catholic, Protestant, Theist, and Atheist. For God is colorful and has many sides. 
and has made it so that we relate to him or her or it in various ways and means, which does not take away from who he is, but it says much about us because we are limited and we are trying to make sense of that which is expansive and comprehensive. When we say God, that's semantics. What is ultimately real about that God is what is of essence. So we say God is our creation. Indeed, God is our creation. If you follow my logic, if you follow the... Not that there isn't a divine being beyond us, but we say that God is our creation in the way that we make sense of his revelation to us. That is our creation. The institution that we create from the revelation that he has brought us to make sense. But what is what add insults to injury is when we exceptionalize that, when it is cultural and limited based on our time, space, and culture. Yet God is our creation, and when we say we are Christian or of any particular faith for that matter, what we mean is the way or the lenses we choose to make sense of God and life. Roman Catholic faith, from which Christianity is an institution, based its faith, is itself a human invention, thanks to Ignatius and his peers who hijacked Christian individualism and made it an institution. God is our creation, we say, yet that creation is created by God, which is quite ambivalent in that we may think we create God or Christianity or any faith, Hindu, whatever, but then that came from within a deep drive, a seed planted by the divine in the first place, which shaped the ways that his seed or her seed in us has shot out plants and trees of various kinds and species with many beautiful and colorful blooms of various thoughts, philosophies, religions, denominations, and positions. But none is greater than the other, as all are the multiplicity of the ways of this eclectic God. Importantly, However, however we see the ultimate, and I use the word ultimate interchangeably, because it was Paul Tillich who says, what is man's ultimate concern? God or religion or faith, according to the theologian Paul Tillich, is man's ultimate concern. There is this ultimate drive. And, and in an article we previously, please remember that we said, we either see religion as the ultimate or some people see science as the ultimate. We, we justify or f try to ascertain or comprehend or find rational basis for anything, whether through religious basis, yes, an ideological basis or science, whichever the case might be. Importantly, however we see the ultimate, God is and will intervene insofar as we let him or her or it intervene and insofar as we believe. And what's the greatest miracle and the ultimate of all things and of he or she or it that made us? 
that we become one and live as one with all of our various individualities and polities. I can't wait for you guys to check out the book when it comes out because the book talks about the idea of God, but more so it looks at unlocking divine intervention. You know, I want to, I have to share this story. I have to share this other story I have as I get ready, as I think about writing this book. Uh, uh, and I'm going to go to my, um, to the neoliberal blog, blog site. Uh, let's go to Secrets to Unlocking Divine Intervention. Um, I wrote a blog about the secrets to unlocking divine intervention. I wrote two blogs in the, neo, uh, the neoliberal blogspot at ronaldocmckenzie.blogspot.com. But I also went have a website of, as I told you before, the neoliberal.com and I have a, I have several, um, links, several, um, pages on that site. And, um, I have a blog on that site and I wrote an article. I updated the article or the blog about the secrets to unlocking divine intervention, rough, rough draft. And I said, I'm writing this book because what I'm about to share has helped me. And when you have this kind of information that can help, why hold on to it? Share it. It has helped me, and I know it will help you. I have noticed a pattern from my own experience as a pastor's son and now a former pastor and theologian, and reading and hearing stories about how the divine has intervened in people's lives, lives, thereby breaking current thinking, doubting the efficacy of prayer and the reality of divine intervention. Preface. Because I'm living and working in a Judeo-Christian milieu, this article will draw on those experiences and much of those stories, but is not limited by them as I fully appreciate and accept all religious and spiritual and personal reflections and positions about God as all are working out their own salvation. But we may find instances of similarities and moments of commonality especially when we speak of prayer and divine intervention. But my experience is Christian and I relate to God and make sense and have chosen to use a Christian color, not over any other thing, any other religion or faith. So I choose to understand and to make sense of God and society through a Christian, Judeo-Christian lens because of that experience. That is where, that is the human creativity. That's what we have done, okay? We choose to make sense of God, whether through Christian lens or I, because of where I live, I choose a Christian lens, okay? But not, not over and against anything else. I, it's not exceptional. And you don't proselytize, yes? So the introduction, here is the introduction of the book. The secrets to unlocking divine intervention in our human affairs is not really secret. In fact, if anything, it should be second nature as we have all the signs, information and stories and evidence that reveals the means and ways of accessing God's help. My life has been riddled with stories that I will share with you as I delve into the 10 important factors to consider when you seek divine intervention. 
my uncle, Bishop Reverend Lipton McKenzie, who is the senior pastor of the National Church of God, shared a, a story that I will include in the upcoming book. It is powerful. I was walking down Musgrave Street in Germantown, Philadelphia last week or some time ago. It wasn't last week, but when I wrote this blog, it was last week, but I guess it's about two months ago. It was a nice day, but I was troubled as I needed investments to take my company, the Neoliberal Corporation, and book marketing, the Neoliberalism, Globalization, Income Inequality, Poverty and Resistance, to the next level. But I was financially strapped, so I got coffee from the Pappy store, and while having a cigarette and coffee, I prayed. I saw an older lady whom I had told about my book and, and my acceptance at Georgetown University in the PhD program. She was happy to see me. She asked, how are you, how are you doing? I said, great, my book is out. I showed her the book on Amazon and she hugged me. She shared that her son just graduated with a bachelor's in English and is shy and needed some support in, write, in his writing as he is unemployed and working on a book. I was intrigued and expressed that that is what I want to do. I wanted to do. Learn and then invest in young men and women in the local communities, their writing prowesses and to empower and motivate and to endeavor and to facilitate. I said, give, give. I said, hey, take my number and have him give me a call. I'd like to see how I can provide support. So we prayed and then departed. I was encouraged, but then I, I became more troubled and opined about how can I hire this young man and provide support like this. I then walked down to True Avenue and sat on a stone. I was praying and suddenly I heard a voice. Why don't you call your uncle Lipton? He had a business and can provide advice. I said, yes, let me call him. I called him wearingly. I... I, I haven't spoken to him in a long time. So I had felt badly about that. But to my surprise, he was happy to hear my voice and said, Congrats on the book. You're a star now. <laughs> I laughed and we had such a great time talking about the book. Um, he was happy for me, but um, more so that someone from the Caribbean living here in the U.S. could write such a book on topics that, needed, that was needed today. So he said he wanted his in hardcover. And at the time, I never had the book in hardcover. I said to him, I'm working on it. And by the way, just so you know, we have the book in hardcover. It's an also in an audio, okay? He, we then agreed. I said to him, I'm working on it. We then agreed that I'd be in Florida for his convention in June to talk about the book. And do a book signing, of course. It never happened, guys. Um... I ended up having to, I got a new apartment, several things happened in my life and um, it never happened, but we're still going to, we're planning on, and we haven't done any book signing as yet. That takes a lot, lot of investments to do, a lot of work to do, but um, it will happen soon. But uh, we, we hope to have some book signing soon and some official launch, but we haven't had it yet. That will be in conjunction with probably the housewarming coming up soon. But, uh, but let's continue with the conversation. But what was powerful was, when I told uncle how God has been so great in my life, I told him a story of how God granted me a prayer request within five minutes of praying that prayer. 
you know. He then shared this very important story that's impacting and I'd like to share with you. He said that some time ago, his business, McKenzie Financial Inc., a debt default management company in Florida, was struggling and he was seeking God's, God's help earnestly. You see, I'm familiar with this as in 2015, I lived in Florida and worked briefly as a consultant with my uncle's company. We were praying everyone, we were praying everyone that God would provide more business opportunities. However, he had to lay off employees and took a pay cut. Eventually, a prayer mother of his called and said that while praying, she senses God saying that you should sell. Wash your hands off the business. He decided that he would do that. And you know what happened? COVID arrived soon after. You see, while we were praying that God would save the company, God was preparing us for something bigger that we couldn't see. Only he could. For if God had saved it, saved the company, then COVID hits and then we are in another pickle. By selling the company, he was able to make more money than if he had continued through COVID where several companies lost hundreds of dollars and went into closures. So you, so you may be seeking divine intervention in one way, but God may be coming through for you in some greater way that we can't see or understand. For he is than that which nothing greater can be conceived or imagined. You know, I, I have another story for you, but you know, I'm going to add that story to the book and it's deep. I was a youth pastor going to, uh, to preach, to do some evangelism. And I prayed and I had no gas to put in my car. And I said, God, please, tomorrow when I go to the gas station, I pray that the gas station owner will show up at such and such a time. And can I tell you, I mean, I won't even say anymore. I'm not going to tell you what happened. I'm not going to tell you what happened because that's going to, I'm, you're going to have to read the book and the several myriads of stories I will share with you and, and, what, and, and what happened here. But great stuff here. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Neoliberal Round and um, share it with your friends. Um, continue to follow my blogs, and follow me on Twitter, social media. Um, check out the book Neoliberalism, Globalization, Income Inequality, Poverty and Resistance. Continue to look out for the book, Secrets to Unlocking Divine Intervention, which will be out probably by the end of the year. And um, I will continue to, prov- to provide excerpts of the book. And, um, and if you have feedbacks or comment, feedback or comments, please email me at rinaldomackenzie at theneoliberal.com. Thank you so much and have a, uh, a great evening. Take care. All the best.